and we are back with another episode of Talking as a Free Action. I am your host, Owen. Joined again today with uh, our esteemed co-host, Marvin Heideman. Oh, you know, I exist. How about you, bud? I also exist on a spectrum, so... <laughs> okay, that's one way to put it. I mean, it, it's a fact. It is It is uh, a spectrum of existence. That That's how I would phrase that, but okay. <laughs> right on how's the week been so far uh no thank you (laughs) is that just a general experience for your week or yes that's fair that's fair well on the upside i have something i think will help uh distract us from the existential crisis that is our day-to-day life and uh you know some fun topics lined up today topics you say do go on yeah so um Prompted by a friend, um, I uh, had an idea that we could uh, do some kind of uh, fun item generation. So uh, I had messaged you earlier, obviously, um, and we both kind of uh, set up some prompts. So uh, today it's going to be a fun little, uh, you know, creative exercise. Um, So I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and uh, each of us will take turns reading a prompt to the other. It's going to be one sentence or phrase, and the other person will have to brew a magic item on the spot for it. Uh, no restrictions on the magic item. It can be as common or rare as you would like it to be. Um, the only rule, of course, is uh, only the final item that we do is going to be uh, intelligent. So um, the other two are just going to be your bog standard. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right. So uh, how do you want to decide uh, who goes first? Um, that question is a no for me. You ask the first question. <laughs> okay, fine. So, my first question. Here's the here's the phrase, right? I thought it was a sword. All right. You thought it was a sword. Let's see here. This is going to be great because in post I'm going to cut out all the parts where you're just thinking, so it's going to sound like you're way snappier than it actually is. <laughs> um if you thought it was a sword, we're going to say this is uh, some kind of long metallic item, maybe a staff made of metal. Um, but that actually sounds kind of boring. So it's just going to be a stick. <laughs> okay, okay. Stick enchanted to look like a sword from a distance. Oh, okay. So, like when you walk up to the pedestal, looks like a looks like an ornate blade, resting majestically. And then, what when you go to draw it, it turns into you, a stick. You pick it up, and it's it's just a club. It's just <laughs> a club, in with an enchantment that makes it look like a sword. Is it a plus one club? Sure, why not? I think it has to be to be a magic item in five e. So, yeah, we'll say it's plus one. Plus, in fact, it could be a plus two club. (laughs) And it looks like a sword unless you're holding it. (laughs) So horribly inspecific. (laughs) This is this is fantastic. All right. So next question, um, kind of follow up to that. Right. So is this a legendary item? Is this is this a a item of of great repute Uh, or is this just a. A, a trolling mage that made this somewhere. So, have you ever played The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past? Yes. 
You know how when you go through the Lost Woods to find the Master Sword, mm-hmm. there's several Master Sword pedestals with swords in them, and they're not the Master Sword? Hmm. Yes. It's one of those. <laughs> oh, I see. So this is so this is how we debate the adventurers. They're going on a quest for a legendary sword. They think they find the legendary sword, fight the boss, solve the puzzle, whatever, get into the chamber, stuck in the pedestal, and they go to pick up the, you know, the the sword allegedly so sharp it could cut a promise and it's just a blunt instrument. And then they yep. think they have it, so they just leave. Yep. That's devious. That's devious. And, I like that. And who knows? Maybe they try to fight the bad guy with it. <laughs> Wait, no. I I went and found the legendary sword, the one that could, you know, was alleged to be able to cut your soul from your body. It's like, dude, that's a club. No, but it's like, I thought it was a, it's like, bad guy pulls it. It's like, no, no, I have it here. Like I went to go get it afterwards. <laughs> I want to make that's sure great. you didn't have this. <laughs> I was concerned when I got to the dungeon and most of the enemies were cleared out, but then I got to the back room and it was still there. So I just assumed that somebody else had bothered to do it. <laughs> Outstanding. All right. I like that. I like that. So also I'm, I'm kind of reminded too of like um, Alice in Wonderland where she has mm-hmm. to like drink the shrinking potion or whatever to get to the door. This is a tough one. It's a good one. That's where I came up with this from. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. Let's see. Okay, so what if it's... Hmm. See, my mind is poisoned now because like I have these other, these other like similar items rolling around in my head. So I'm trying to think of something more interesting. Okay, got it. So, what you see before you is a small, what looks to be a small glass bottle that's glowing red hot as though it was taken just out of an oven. But when you take, pick it up, you can see there's a small sticky note attached to it that says, drink me. The uh, shop owner assures you that it's perfectly safe to do so, but that, uh, you know, it can often lead to indigestion after the fact. Uh, what is contained within is the essence of a fire elemental. And so when you pop the lid and knock it back, you transform into your body transforms into like an elemental made of magma basically for 15 minutes or something. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. And that's the downside. It tastes like, you know, like snorting a California reaper. (laughs) I like that. I like that. That's good. Yeah. In fact, just for, for balance sake, we'll say that you even have to throw in a con save uh, right at the start. Otherwise, you have to skip your first turn as you're basically having a fit uh, overcoming the spice. (laughs) All right. So that means it's definitely not legendary. No, this is a a novelty, I would say. All right. But still, it could be particularly applicable in certain situations. I imagine it would probably come with an immunity to fire. Uh, probably some sort of increase in your constitution and uh, physical stats, maybe some level of immunity to certain forms of damage, and uh, mm-hmm. you know probably a slam attack of some sort, uh, maybe even some ranged options, uh, you know, fire blasts and such, you know, proper Johnny Rock, <laughs> Johnny Storm rather. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
I could work with that. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, of the first round, who do you think? Uh, you know, which do you think uh, was the better one? Come again? I mean, yeah. I mean, we can make it like a little competition, right? So, I mean, I guess we're kind of voting for each other. But uh, of the two, which do you think were were more interesting? I imagine the fighters like holding is like I. I had heard this was a sword of some sort. I I don't understand. <laughs> Arnon would be so mad. <laughs> would he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh... Not Nick. Arnon. Mm, fair, fair. Our father would be pretty mad about it. All right. Uh... All right. So uh, this one, um, this one's a little bit of a of an underhanded softball for you. Okay. So th- your phrase. Yes, my lord. All right. So this is probably the you could give me. This is definitely a legendary item. Okay, definitely a legendary item. I like it. You know what? We're gonna say it's a it's a false eye. <laughs> okay. Anytime you make eye contact with another creature or character or whatever, you can give them a single command one time. Okay, like no will save, no nothing, just like straight up command spell. Straight up, you control their them for one action, exactly one action. Okay, and it is the Gias. All right, power of the king, power of the king. Yes, <laughs> that that's it. That's the whole thing. You you are Lelouch Lamperouge. Yeah, that's a that's a powerful Gios. So some balance questions, right? So do uh-huh. you, do you let the player just like assuming that we're implementing this into a campaign, right? Do you just let one player get this ability if we're implementing this into a campaign? I mean, they have to. You got to put it in your face. I mean, that doesn't stop people from lopping off their arm to put on Vecna's hand. Like, come on. That's true. But yeah, that's it. I would just I would just give it to somebody. <laughs> okay. You're you're like level 15, 20 even and you just here you go. I think when you're that high enough a level it's not even interesting anymore. I think that sort of item is way more interesting when you give it to a low level character. Yeah, probably. Like you could even use it as an inciting incident much like this show. <laughs> Yeah, I think that sort of item, though, like unless you're doing something similar for everybody involved, you're going to run into that situation where like one person's going to be way more important than the rest. So do you think for game balance purposes, do you do anything to it to help make it um, more balanced? Um, Or would you just like try and do something similar of similar power for everybody else in the party? Uh, If I was to give this to a player, I would. I would give everyone something, but I wouldn't dumb this down. Probably just make it so that I would make it so the eye only works on each person one time and then have the villain use it on each of the party members without them knowing. So if a player gets it. Right. So you don't have the player like dictating what the other characters can do. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I can dig it. I, I figured this would be a little bit of a softball for you, but I figured it might be a fun one. Okay. Um. So, I've got one for you. All right. Let's hear it. 
It is a sword named the S word. Okay. That's the full phrase? Yep. It's a sword named the S word. Yep. It's a sword. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay. Um All right. So this is definitely a sword. <laughs> we got that much. Um yeah. definitely a legendary one, I would say. Reasonable. Um, the S word, let's go ahead and make the S word some other language. Um, okay. Okay. And like, it actually is like a slur of some sort. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like where this is going. So we'll say that it's a, it's a slur, but like it's a slur and like a bissle, right? Or it's like a, it's a, oh, I got it. Okay. So this is a demonic sword. Okay. This is right. a demonic sword of Devil's Bane. Mm hmm. The S word is a, a is a abyssal word <laughs> that is a slur against devils. And so what you have here is this obsidian short sword with these uh, excellently carved abyssal runes that kind of pulse this purple bluish color all down mm -hmm. the, the side of the blade. The, leather wrapped around the hilt is made of of uh of uh devil skin that's been tanned basically and uh the whole sword itself is it just radiates this evil aura anybody who picks it up if they do not have an evil alignment has to immediately uh make a charisma save or immediately turn their alignment uh evil in some capacity um from good and the save will be of some arbitrarily high DC, like, you know, we'll say like DC like 20. And that's every time they pick up the sword. So if they, you know, pick up the sword, you know, they can resist it maybe the one time, but uh, repeated uses, of course, uh, are no bueno. Um, while you have the sword, you have a supernatural sense of where devils are near. And uh, once you... Uh, once you, uh, you know, kind of have that sense, you can sense where a devil is uh, within 100 feet. Uh, we'll say just for for say uh, for the sake of it, any initiative that uh, that you roll where you are aware that there is a devil present in initiative, you get to roll that initiative with advantage. However, you must spend your first the first thing that you say during the fight has to be the S word <laughs> out loud to the devil. So when you say it has to be the S word, do you have to say? The or actual slur. If the S word is for, okay. <laughs> you have to you have to say the slur, and we'll we'll call it a plus two long uh, a plus two short sword. Right. Follow up question: <laughs> If you stop holding the sword, mm -hmm. does your alignment change to not evil again? No. All right. Uh. Secondary follow-up. <laughs> Why are we trying to turn this whole party evil? <laughs> um, I think it's more so that we want... Uh, I'm trying to make it like a cursed item. <laughs> uh-huh. So I want the players to, if they're going to utilize it, to like do so with, uh, with care. We'll, we'll say that this is a campaign where the characters are ultimately good, right? 
And we'll say that with some period of time, they may be able to revert their alignment back, you know, if it is truly against their nature. It's more of an influence, mm-hmm. we'll say. Um, so maybe just to add a little amendment on there, maybe with after 30 days, it reverts back to its previous alignment. If they're apart from the weapon for, um, for more than 30 days, um, it reverts back. Uh, just okay. to have a little something. It's like, you know, a bit of an after effect. Um and then from there, I'd say, you know, maybe there's some there's some greater <laughs> evil that they, they hear about this, uh, you know, kind of through the grapevine. But what they don't realize is that by using this weapon, even though they may have uh, the ability to get the drop on them, they'll also immediately draw aggro <laughs> from, <laughs> from every devil that talks to them. All right, I'm down for this. This seems good. <laughs> no, it's not. This is terrible. I don't know why I thought of this idea. This is awful. <laughs> Because it's great. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd run this item. I'd put this in a kit. Yeah, because that's what I want. My players to, like, seek the help from racist demons. Uh, doesn't everyone? Uh, it depends who the demons are racist against, I guess. There you go. That's, that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, all right, so round two. Uh, we have uh, the Gios versus the S-word sword uh i'm I'm gonna pick the s word a hundred percent i want one <laughs> what was the selling point i have to know um there was no one thing it was just <laughs> the whole thing everything about this is just how do i make this happen for me <laughs> it's like what 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 a confluence of events had to have taken place for the party to come across an item like this and to like want to actively utilize it. Yeah. And like, it sounds so terrible to just have to deal with. And I kind of want to deal with it. (laughs) It's like, not only does it make you evil, it makes you like, it makes you just a bad person. <laughs> like, I like the idea that like it makes you evil, so that way when you're compelled to use the slur, you don't think it's a bad idea. <laughs> just, just like walking down the street, and you have a you have a pocket knife, and you just jump you, and you have to yell out, pick a pick an actual racist slur. Yeah, which we are not going to say on the show, thankfully. Which we're not saying out loud. But, like, you have to just yell out a racist slur, and all of a sudden you're not being mugged any. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, you won't get mugged, you'll get jumped by everybody in earshot. That's fine. I've, I've chosen violence already. It's the, it's the weapon's fault. Yeah, I'm sure that'll work. <laughs> oh, Lord of Mercy. Okay. <laughs> that was cursed. Okay. It's a cursed weapon. What do you expect? <laughs> Lord. Okay, all right. So uh so final round, final round. All right, all right, final round. Okay. All right. So uh same story, right? Uh sentence or phrase or word. Mm-hmm. The only caveat is it must be an intelligent item. Okay. So, for those who haven't interacted with intelligent items, uh, do you want to just quickly explain what they are in the context of 5e? Or, yes, D&D in general? Uh, intelligent items are items that have some amount of actual thought or personality in and of itself. 
Okay. And so, like, you know, when you have this item, you can typically communicate with it, uh, right? Well, sometimes. Um, and a lot of times they're, you know, inherently magical items, often weapons. Mm-hmm. So, let's go ahead and get into the last round, then. Uh, so, uh, as before, we're going to come up with a item. Um, but again, the restriction is, of course, that we have to make sure the item is intelligent. So, uh, we've gone over the definition now. Uh, are you ready for this? Uh, I'm never ready. All right, all right. So, your your sentence or phrase is, The shovel has game. The shovel has game? Mm-hmm. All right. So, I've got an image in my mind, so I'm going to try to paint you a picture as best I can. All right, let's hear it. It is a simple shovel with a, you know, a normal wood handle. Let's say it's oak because I like that wood. Um, with a metal end, you know, the the actual shovel part. Pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, however, comma, you cannot use it as a shovel. If you attempt to use it as a shovel, it stops digging. You get like half an inch in and it just does not move any further because the shovel is actually a dude (laughs) okay the shovel has always been a dude he was cursed to be a shovel now that's not that's not the end of it because the shovel continues to act like himself regardless of being a shovel and every time he is around anything he thinks is attractive he starts to spit mad game. Like, he flirts like a motherfucker. And he will pick up anyone and anything he thinks is even medium attractive. Limited to, or including, but not limited to, other farmyard tools. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. okay. So, uh, does this, does this farm implement have a name? Um, I didn't get that far in my head. Let's say his name is, uh, Ellsworth Grumblebush the (laughs) Fourth. Oh, okay, he has a lineage here. Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, the Fourth. So is he a fourth in a long line of farm tools, or were the previous uh, iterations of his name actual people that you can still go talk to? I mean, he's still a people you can go talk to. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, he he personally was cursed to be a shovel, not his whole family. Okay, yeah, that would be like a really specific curse, right? Yeah. It's like a strictly worse version of Moroku. <laughs> You and your family are cursed to have black holes for hands. No, wait, that seems useful. Never mind. Your whole family's cursed to be shovels. <laughs> if Naraku had thought about it for like 30 seconds more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. Hold on. <laughs> okay, I think I'm okay. All right. Are you sure you're okay? I'm never going to be okay. That's the spirit. <laughs> All right. So I was going to say, um, 
So is he also a good wingman? Uh, he is too selfish to be a good wingman. He can pick up anyone. He won't help you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> love everything about this. Can I use it as a weapon? Uh, if you ask nicely or you're a pretty lady. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any other quirks we should know about of this uh, magic shovel? Um, you know what? No, no more. No more quirks. This is enough. <laughs> this is great. Ellsworth, right? Ellsworth Grumblebush the fourth. Ellsworth Grumblebush the fourth. I'd have him on the team. <laughs> Can we replace Arnon with Ellsworth? <laughs> If you ask nicely, it might happen. <laughs> oh, oh, poor my, Nick. Oh my goodness, that sounds excellent. I'm also like trying to imagine a scenario where like the party would come across this shovel and be compelled to take it around with them. Um, I mean, it could be like a super standard like escort quest, honestly. <laughs> Hey, I need you to take my uh my great 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 uncle to uh the next town over. He uh really enjoys the brothel down there and uh really just needs some help kind of getting around. He, he can't really move around all that much. Okay, sure, no problem. Um how old is he? Oh, he's maybe like 6 600 700 years. It's like but you're a human. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh he just he's been around for a while. Okay. You got to pick uh pick, go down to the shed or whatever. He's just chilling in there. <laughs> He's like, where's your, like, where's your great, great, like, great uncle? It's like, oh, he's right here. He just hands you the shovel. Like, like, not even. The shovel is sitting in a chair, like, bent like a person would be sitting in a chair. You know, the normal bends that you have for your, your Oh, no, it's like knees. Fantasia. <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with this part. But you just, you just open the barn and you see a shovel sitting in a chair. Like, actually sitting in a chair. Like swivels the like head of the shovel to like look at you, even though it has no eyes. Yeah, it's just like, oh hey, <laughs> like tries to stand up, just falls over because it has no center of gravity. Exactly. It's like I can bend and twist, but it's really hard to balance when you're a stick. I'm just a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to my nephew. It's been a while since I've been able to get an escort service like this. We're not the escort service. We're just taking you to town. <laughs> oh, don't worry, baby. I'll go to town, all right? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. This is, this is, uh, this is getting way off. Okay. So <laughs> let's, let's do yours. <laughs> all right. You ready? You ready? You're not ready. I'm not ready. All right. Have you ever seen the anime Soul Eater? Yes. It's a scythe. Okay. That That's the whole sentence? Have you ever seen the anime Soul Eater? It's a scythe? Yes. God damn it. Okay. Um, <laughs> God, I was hoping... Okay. Alright, gotta use my brain powers. <sighs> okay, I have a question for you. Have you ever seen uh -huh. any of the Comedy Central roasts? Uh... Have I ever seen any of them? I would like to tell you that I own a copy of The Roast of David Hasselhoff. Fantastic. So, 
the personality attached to this scythe is Gilbert Gottfried from the <laughs> roast of David Hasselhoff. <laughs> this scythe has nothing but contempt for everybody that dares to pick it up. It won't stop you. But every single moment of your waking life, you are berated and roasted for even the slightest perception of of uh, of uh, inadequacy from the from the uh, from the perspective of the scythe. <laughs> All right. In fact, we'll just even call him Gilbert. His name is Gilbert the Scythe. Why is he this way? He's a gift. A uh, capricious wizard crafted his personality and gifted it to a, a, a frenemy of his, specifically with the intent. Now, the problem, of course, is that one cannot just simply get rid of Gilbert the Scythe. The only way for him to part is if he wants to leave. But he just enjoys roasting people too much. <laughs> so that, that's where I'm going with. It's a, we're we're going to say it's a hand scythe. Not not a not uh-huh. a not a proper sickle. So it's a hand scythe that that does this. Um, it looks like a like a normal like a normal scythe, like normal farm implement, uh, one that you might see in a, you know somebody working a, a farm cutting grain with. Um, wicked sharp, we'll say. Um, uh. And uh, yeah, just every time you go to, to take the thing out, you just you know even if it's just on your person, you you, uh, you just you know you you walk into the bar, and he's like. Look at this guy walking into a bar and staying there from the morning until night when it closes. <laughs> you know, just all sorts of, uh, well, just, we're just going to call that just every single waking moment of your life is just a personal roast. Like every, you know, few minutes, there's anything that he can do. He just ribs you the entire time, but like, it's in good fun. He's not trying to hurt your feelings, but you know, sometimes he does, but sometimes he does. <laughs> Just all right, no all right. I can dig this. I'd use this. Now I have some follow-up questions, and these are very important questions. All right, let's hear them. Uh, follow-up question number one. Um, going back to the prompt, can he turn into a person? <laughs> so the short answer is yes, he can turn into a person. However, he can only do so once during the new moon. And uh, he is still the same size. Ah, okay. All right. Uh, Follow-up question number two. Just like a foot and a half tall or whatever. Just like, looks like a human. Looks like a normal human. Just a foot and a half tall. Yeah, yeah. I I don't, I don't hate this. (laughs) Follow-up question number two. Can he play piano in your brain? Um, I, I, I suppose. I mean, I don't like this. Sure, sure. <laughs> he he can play piano or any other instruments, but only if it's for comedic effect. I like that way more than what happens in Soul Eater. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to adhere to the roasting, right? It's so good. <laughs> sure. I want Gilbert the Scythe. Uh, Gilbert the Scythe. Listen here. I can't do a Gilbert Gottfried impersonation, but if I could, you'd know I'd be doing it right now. I also cannot, and I definitely would if I could. 
yeah. Because I think that's what we need when we have magic items that uh, that are intelligent. We need them to like cause party conflict. I think that's like some of the best way to utilize them. Yeah, I I can definitely agree with that. So um so part of the reason I wanted to do this uh, fun little game. So I guess uh, who wins that round? Uh, is it uh, Gilbert the scythe or is it uh, is it um oh god I already forget the shovel's name. El- Ellsworth Grumblebush the fourth. All right, Ellsworth Grumblebush the fourth, or Gilbert the Scythe. Who who do you think uh, wins this one? Uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. I really, I really want this shovel. <laughs> I want the shovel too. All right, so I think that means that you're 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 two out of three. So I think you win this round. That's wild. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Your descriptions were so much better than. <laughs> Maybe, but I think that that uh, yours were a lot more creative. Oh, thanks. I try. Look, I I really wanted to paint a picture with words, like so that way our audience like has a mental image of like what they're looking at, right? Also, circling back to Gilbert the Scythe, I I'm gonna amend what I said. He can only leave you on the new moon when he transforms into a human and literally walks away. So like he wants to have to leave. <laughs> Other than that, if you try to dispose of him, he will find his way back to you. Gilbert the Scythe is the worst keyblade. <laughs> it's like the mask. If the mask was Gilbert Gottfried and slightly drunk. <laughs> okay, to be fair, the mask is probably slightly drunk. <laughs> That's why I said it's, it's just not Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> yeah, so if uh, Gilbert Gottfried got the role instead of Jim Carrey, I guess. I'd watch that movie. Movies that would be radically different if cast by if cast with another person. <laughs> uh So, have you used intelligent items in any of your campaigns before? Not once, never. <laughs> have you been inspired to maybe try and incorporate one? I am going to force somebody to have the S word. <laughs> I think I just spit out my drink. Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> Say the S word, Alan. <laughs> what, what? What? What do you mean? You, you rolled it with advantage on your initiative, Alan. There's a devil within a hundred feet. You know it, and you cannot help yourself. Say it. You tell yourself that it's what they call each other. <laughs> <laughs> this got too real. <laughs> <laughs> This is getting dangerously close to a problem. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a pretty good one. <laughs> okay, maybe not Alan. He's too innocent for this. No, Alan will just do it. He'll just go. You're right. I'm gonna say it. Oh no. <laughs> I know Alan's a full-grown man, but I'm just imagining what happens when toddlers hear bad words. <laughs> it's like my kid said fucking damn it the other day. <laughs> we both just looked at him, and he smiled, and he said it again. He knew what he did. <laughs> uh... See, it's cute when they repeat stuff until they start to repeat the words they're not supposed to.
I think it's even cuter when they say the words are not supposed to. <laughs> it's like, hey, what you got there? A knife! Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, don't. No, no knives. Please. Uh, okay, okay. So, um, so no, you've never used intelligent items. So, I, I, I do stand by my assertion, though, that I think that intelligent items are really good ways to, like, cause some, like, light party conflict. Um, but you do need good reasons for them to kind of stick around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, when it comes to magic items, are you more, like, a fan of, like, the cursed variety? Or the kind that are, you know, legitimately good? Um, I'm kind of, kind of both. Um, I've definitely used several cursed items and given out some good stuff in the past. <clears throat> but never intelligent ones, right? No. Hmm. Because well, then that, that means I have to role play more and I don't want to, I want them to role play. That's true. I will say that this is a good way to introduce a, um, a character voice for you to utilize though on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, without introducing like a GMPC into the mix. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true. So, um, I, I would never qualify myself as somebody who I think like uses a lot of intelligent items. But when I was thinking back on like in preparation for today's discussion and thinking about mm -hmm. it, I've used them a lot more than I thought I did. <laughs> like more than a couple times. Uh, I can think of exactly one, but you were forced to. <laughs> well, I was forced to, but like. I definitely went like went in. <laughs> so also, Oh yeah. Um Alan so, was not ready for this Rock's personality. No, no. Okay. So um to set the scene, this is three point five. So um three point five has like approximately like fifty seven rule books, and one of them for some reasons has a psionics in it. So the psionics in three point five is like its own separate class system with like basically its own rules on how magic works. Um mm -hmm. you had like a, a pool of um, scion points and you had like x num amount of them per per day and you got them back on long rests and um part of the creation of a scion is uh you could create a psi crystal which is what it says on the tin it is a psionic crystal that is imbued with some fragment of your personality Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. depending on what fragment you have immune, it offers different mechanical benefits, be it um, uh, skill proficiencies, uh, bonuses to your hit point, or not your hit points, to your uh, saves, things like that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, and depending on which one it was, it, ha it was supposed to come with different um, personality traits. And so, one of the traits that he selected was, um, I want to say it was adventurous, I think was the, the, the trait. It was either adventurous or like courageous. I think it was courageous, actually. Um, that sounds, that sounds right. Um, so courageous. And so here's a scion and he has a psi crystal and it's supposed to be a shard of like the courageous part of his personality. And he's RPing as someone who's not very confident. So I need someone to be the opposite of that. I want someone to be confident and courageous and like want to go do the thing. And so basically I just made the space sphere, except it's a rock and it likes adventure. Adventure. 
yeah, that was like its catchphrase. So it was, it actively would uh, attempt to push Alan into situations that uh, were contrary to his nature, <laughs> you know, um, actively try and get him to, you know, put his life on the line to um, actively seek out situations where he could demonstrate his courage um, in an effort to try and get him to be more like the rock. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, it was a relatively short-lived campaign. I think we only met for maybe like eight or nine games, but um, before you know, I had to move, so that's why we stopped playing. But yep. <laughs> but um, during those short eight or nine sessions, I like to think that uh, Dax the Psy Crystal made a rather big impression on Alan and his uh, his adventuring time with you guys. He was so good. I remember when Alan threw him away, thinking he would get away from it. <laughs> oh wait, no. That was that's Julian. not what happened at all. Julian threw it away because he wanted to get away from it. <laughs> it was great. Um yeah, I remember that interaction. It was like shortly after a fight. And uh-huh. I think Julian's character was just tired of hearing the rock and was tired of the rock getting them into progressively bad situations. Mm-hmm. Um so if I recall correctly, Julian uh, went to Alan's character and said, Hey, uh, can I see that rock real quick? And Alan's like, uh, why? He's like, I just want to see it real quick. Is that okay? He said, uh, sure. And he hands him the rock, and Julie just throws it into the woods. He just chucks it. Yeah, as far as he could. He's a monk. He could throw it real far. Yeah. Um, That rock flew. Yeah, it did. (laughs) And so I believe um, Alan used his ability to, like, see through the crystal um, to kind of see what was happening. And he saw Noel pick it up and put it into a bag. So then that was a whole problem where they had to go get his crystal back. <laughs> yeah. We spent a lot of time looking for that dumb rock. <laughs> yeah, but like it's important to Alan's character because it's like it's a whole fragment of his personality. Like he kind of needs that. Yeah. It may have I didn't... required like experience to replace or something. Uh, Some of his abilities didn't work without it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Like, we needed him to have that rock so he could be useful. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, even with the rock. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Alan. I love you. If you ever listen to this, we should get him on. He's great. Great is a strong word. He's adequate. That's true. <laughs> Why do we roast I our love friends? You, Alan. They make it so easy. It's only because we love them. So, um... So that was one of them. Um, Another early attempt was in my first campaign. Um, I had a, uh... A intelligent dagger that, uh... That I gave to one of my my players. And it, like, slowly drove him insane. Was basically, like, it it was really ham-fisted. It wasn't very, very cute or anything like that. But, like, I was a young teenager, and I was trying to be edgy. And uh, it was it was silly. But, basically, I, I would constantly hand him sticky notes, letting him know that, like, his character is, like, getting more paranoid, or, like, you know, the, the dagger whispers that so-and-so is trying to steal him from you. Like, it was, like, the one ring, but it was sharp. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it culminated in him pushing one of the other players out of a window. And, like, him, like, jumping out and fleeing into the night. They had to, like, go, like, track him down. And, like, basically had to pry this dagger out of his cold, dead hands. I love that. (laughs) 
yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, what happened to, oh, the best part, this character's name was Yuser. Yuser? Yuser Name. Can you spell that? U-S-E-R space okay. N-A-M-E. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, you know, you just hear a crash. It's like one of your friends is just like on the floor. Uh, you know, you were at the third story and now they're all just like on the floor on the ground, <laughs> like shoved out of a window. And you see Yuser just like scrabbling around the mud looking for his dagger and then runs off into the night. And you're just like, <sighs> really, we've got to deal with this right now? Man. It's that sounds name. amazing. <laughs> John's character is just like, you know, looking around like, <sighs> all wide-eyed and crazy looking. Where's the rock? Give me the rock! Well, it was a dagger. It was a, it I know. Was a pokey poke. <laughs> I understand. Uh, yeah, the whole party had to, like, fight him. It was great. They did eventually get rid of the dagger, but, uh, you know... It, it was it was really fun for like inter- injecting some like artificial conflict. I think in hindsight there was probably better ways I could have done it, but I really appreciate that like John really like committed to the bit, you know. <laughs> so uh... that's definitely one way I would say. Um, the only thing I guess like self critique though is like it was super disruptive, and mm-hmm. there wasn't really anywhere that the subplot was going. It was just kind of like a made it up on the spot kind of situation and like it was fun for what it was it's fun little story right but like it wasn't really part of like a major thing i think if i were to Mm -hmm. introduce a magic item now that was intelligent if it's going to be disruptive in any capacity i would want it to have some sort of significance to a story in some way yeah that's fair but you know you were young it's okay yeah i mean Obviously, you know, new DM and whatnot. Um, that said, I still think having just, like, the odd magic item in the party that maybe does have a little bit to say can also be nice. But I think that, mm-hmm. like, it should still be a plot hook in of itself. Because I think something to keep in mind with magic items is, like, somebody had to make it at some point. So there's probably a story behind how it got the way it is. Mm-hmm. It was made for a reason. It has to be that way for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So I think, like, looking back to, like, the evil dagger, right? The evil Mm -hmm. dagger might be, like, a... Maybe it's, like, some, you know, aspect of an evil deity that's, like, sealed away. And thus, you know, a corrupting influence. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, thinking back to our shovel friend. uh, (laughs) You know, perhaps he ultimately wants to, you know, be returned back to his human form, but you know, it only really, like, you know, trusts certain people to do that, or maybe with Gilbert Gottfried. Again, I kind of riffed on, like, why the, the sickle came into being, but, uh, you know, I, I think that that's an important aspect, you know, when you're kind of thinking about uh, magic items, particularly ones that have, like, a personality, is that with a personality comes often a desire or a goal that is associated mm-hmm. with that, and I think that the the weapon or the item should push the characters towards accomplishing that goal. And sometimes that's going to be contrary to what the players want. Hopefully it will be. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, funny enough too, is that like, it's pretty easy to like, just throw that in as like another aspect to a weapon. Like there's a lot of like pre-established magic items in the camp in, um, 
in the canon in 5e that you can mm-hmm. look at and say, hey, this is really cool. It's a Vorpal sword, right? It's a, it's a plus two or plus three Vorpal longsword. Mm-hmm. You know, but you don't want it to just be a Vorpal longsword. Let's spice it up. Well, how do we go about doing that? Well, we, you know, think of some character traits that we might want to give to the sword. And now we can just make it intelligent in some capacity. And then we get to decide whether it's evil or good. And, you know, from there, maybe it's a Vorpal sword, but maybe it has, maybe it's picky about who it decapitates. Ooh, I like that. So, like, just point blank, like, it is technically a Vorpal sword, but it is Vorpal against specific enemies. Not even enemy types, just, yeah, I don't like this one. We can cut this one's head off. (laughs) Or, no, that guy's okay. He killed seven babies yesterday. Yeah, but, like... They weren't mine. There's something I like about this one. We can't cut his head off. (laughs) It's like very picky and choosy about it. And you know what? <laughs> Just to even like throw it in there, if the Vorpal Sword wants to cut the person's head off, we'll even extend the crit range. <laughs> so it basically has three moods for each, uh, three possible moods for each individual character. It wants to, it doesn't want to, and it doesn't care. Yeah, I mean, or in another way to think about it is that it only has so many fucks to give. Uh, I like that. Yeah, and depending on the on the blade's mood, the crit range is anywhere from from no crit range to like nine to nineteen twenty to twenty. And if it doesn't want you to hit this. it, it's impossible to crit on the weapon. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> See, like it's so fun to brew just like magic items, and like now we can like come up with a whole backstory, right? Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, you know, this is the spirit of a of a murderer that's been imprisoned within the sword. But, like, he's actually kind of fine with it, because he still gets to murder people. Oh. Uh, if you get on the sword's bad side, it just decides that it doesn't want to cut anybody's head off. Now it's pouting. <laughs> it's like, what? Come on, man. Like, I, I, we need to kill this guy. It's like, no. It's like, well, why not? You said that we were going to go killing people last week, and you didn't. You said we were going to kill people, and you didn't. Why would you do that? (laughs) It's peacetime. I can't just go kill people. That never stopped me. Just, okay, it's peacetime. We can't kill this one. (laughs) He's trying to kill me. Great, that sounds like your problem. Can't kill me. I'm a sword. <laughs> uh, I think for those kind of like pseudo curse weapons too, like I also like the idea of like compelling the the player to use them, because like in that situation, mm-hmm. right, it would be very fine. I'll just use a different weapon. It's like yeah, but every time you like have to like go to reach for the weapon, your mind subconsciously draws the sword instead. Just you're incapable of drawing it unless you make like a will save to like draw another weapon instead. And then every turn thereafter, you have to repeat the will save in order to, like, maintain, in order to, like, not, like, reach for the sword instead. That's rude. I like it. <laughs> but, like, hey, it's a plus three Vorpal sword. And it's a damn, it's better than normal Vorpal sword because it's trying to cut people's heads off. And the only downside is sometimes it doesn't crit. That's it. Yeah. Which, like, honestly, depending on the person who's rolling, they might never crit anyways. They might just be unlucky. Like me. Wait, no, shut up. 
<laughs> Did you crit like the last time we played? No. I feel like I crit a lot, but I also roll way more d20s than you guys do, so I think that like that alters the perception a bit. Yeah. That's definitely a thing. So, um, so do you have any tips for our listener base to like for like brewing interesting, uh, you know, intelligent or uh, intelligent magic items? I know we kind of like quick picks version, right? Like pick a magic item that exists in the book and just add a personality. But like, what are some things you're trying to do when it comes to like brewing uh, intelligent items? Um, honestly. I'm not doing intelligent items just for the sake of doing them if I'm doing them. I, but that's also most magic items that I use. There's usually a purpose somewhere. Um, so I guess my tip would be make something that works for your story and serves to further it in some way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good one. Um, I, I mean, like, it's fine if you just want to have a magic item to have a magic item, but just know that, like, they tend to be very, if you want them to be involved, it's going to draw a lot of attention away from maybe what else is going on. So even if it's not, like, the main crux of the story, maybe have the, the item have some sort of opinion about what's going on so that it can interject mm-hmm. and such. Um, the one thing I will say is that, um, to be careful with that. Because you can run into the GMPC territory where, like, maybe they just keep asking the sword on what to do. So I like the idea of having the magic item have very clear motivations for everybody. Well, for, like, non-hostile magic items, I like them to have, like, clear motivations, right? Um, That, like, the players can count on. So that way, if they go to talk to the sword and the sword is saying, hey, I think we should go do X or Y, instead of the players constantly just saying, oh, well, the sword says to do it, that means it's probably a good idea. Um, you should have it such that the sword has like a very particular course of action it wishes to follow that is not necessarily counting what is in the best interest of everybody else involved. Yeah, I like that. Because then you just run to the GMPC problem where everybody just defers to what the PC says. Uh teach them not to by making it lead them in the wrong direction. I mean, what? Yeah, exactly. Do that with the sword instead. I do that with everything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't always do that with NPCs, but, like, I think it's important that that characters understand, like, the players understand those characters are not omnipotent, even when they seem to be. Um, There's going to be holes in their knowledge. So, like, even speaking back to our uh, our spider friend, um, you know, he's someone who's very powerful, but like there are holes in his limitation, you know, there are limitations to what he can do as well. And I think that, I don't believe you. John knows everything. (laughs) He knows it was a mistake to come here. Exactly. He knows everything. I realized something the other day, by the way, I was checking his sheet. I totally forgot to apply his resistance to, to normal attacks. Oh Lord. He should have way more HP. Well, not way more. A lot of those attacks are doing like necrotic damage, which he's not resistant to, but he's totally, um, I think he's totally immune, actually, to to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. That's disgusting. I have to double-check his sheet again. But anyway, my point is that he should have a bit more HP than he actually does. So he's maybe a little bit more healthy than than I initially thought he was. (laughs) 
I wish I was more healthy than we thought I was. Well, you only know, can do something about that. Can I? I don't know. Talk to your doctor. But I'm dead. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that's one way to do it, I guess, for your, uh, for your uh, characters, for your um, magic item characters. Um, what about personality traits? Like, do you do you kind of think of like how do you brew those? Like, do you uh, just kind of pick them up out of nowhere? Do you use like inspiration from places? Uh, that thing we just did, like just now, like over the course of the last however long we've been talking. I don't know, 40, uh, that's forty five minutes. <laughs> that that's how I do it. <laughs> just on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's also how I do most of my NPCs. Mm-hmm. I, I I'll have a name and like a purpose they serve, and then everything else I just kind of make up as I go, and I write it down so I don't forget. I see. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. Like I think it's the day, worked for me it. so far. <laughs> it's true. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I I guess my process is, like, a lot of times I have, like, a concept. And because, like, I don't use magic, like, intelligent magic items very frequently anymore, mm-hmm. if I'm going to introduce one, it's going to be with, like, a very clear purpose in mind. Either to cause, like, conflict within the party or to, you know, otherwise guide the party in some capacity. Yeah, um, that's that's super fair. The other thing, too, you could do. Um, which I just thought of is the idea of like having an, a consciousness awaken within the item. Like maybe the person who like, maybe you treat it like a, a vestige of divergence, right. From the Exandria um, expansion rules where like, mm-hmm. it's a normal magic item, but like with particular use, like it can get better. And as it gets better, it becomes more conscious. Mm-hmm. So let's say it is a flail, right. And, like, initially, it's just a plus one flail. But, you know, once you've had it for a little while, it awakens to a plus two flail. And now the plus two flail, like, subconsciously influences some of your decision-making, in a way. Mm -hmm. Where, like, it encourages you to do certain things. But, like, we can make this, like, cleverly done. Where we're not telling the the player they have to do a thing, but we're encouraging the player to do a thing. So, like, perhaps the maze, it's a plus two, but now you've noticed that... Whenever you draw the the weapon um, at night, the you know your attacks tend to hit more frequently, and maybe it, it you know it at night it has advantage or something, right? And then once it awakens a third time, it gains a full on intelligence, and then provides context for why it wants to be out at night. It's hunting a vampire. Bam! It is hunting a vampire. Or maybe it used to be a vampire. <laughs> Or maybe it's still a vampire. Yeah, in which case you've just brought it back to life. Congratulations, you win a prize. The prize is death. No one wanted the prize. Maybe at the second awakening it becomes a cursed item so you can't get rid of it. And the fourth awakening brings it back to like actual quote-unquote life. Yeah, I could see something like that happening as well. I mean, I've used cursed items before as kind of like kickoffs to to plots, and I think they can be really effective. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I've done that twice now. Um, one with the with the It Follows campaign that we briefly ran, the one where Alan was playing a Scion, 
Mm-hmm. And um, the other one for my first campaign, which I don't know if I ever mentioned on the show what the plot of that was, come to think of it. I don't think you have. So, actually, I don't even know if I told you what it was, did I? Nope, not once. Shocking. Okay. So, <laughs> in the way back machine, right, we go way back uh, to middle high school. Um, that campaign took place in the same plane that the main campaign is taking place on right now. Like, same world map. Um, same so, history. Dega. Yeah, Dega. Before it was called that, but... Um, I, I didn't I have mean, a name for the world then. But. That makes sense. I didn't have a name for my first TNT world either. Yeah, well, I mean, some people do that, presumably. Eh, somebody had to, but... But I didn't. So, the the gist of it was that the the player characters were um, raised up in this, like, elven monastery, and... They were set there to look over this um, ancient suit of armor of this, you know, ancient hero that sealed away a curse that was blighting the land. And, you know, one day during the inciting incident, somebody broke in and, uh, you know, basically uh, broke this, the statue that was keeping the curse at bay. And so the only way to fix it was to retrieve the, the uh, individual pieces of armor that were holding the that you know the basically that the the hero used to seal it and then reenact the ritual to reseal the curse and so in the meantime the the curse was released into the world and it was this um this petrification curse where like Mm -hmm. you know basically emanating out from the point where it was sealed it would just turn everything to stone okay Um, so like if they didn't do anything about it everyone would die (laughs) so the the whole plot was for them to to find the uh, the various pieces of armor and equipment that this hero um, utilized to seal this curse away, and to mm. acquire them, and you know basically reenact the ritual. Um, the hitch, of course, was that the um, the nation of elves that uh, that Ollie is from, the nation of elves, uh, prior to its current um, governmental iteration, was uh, attempting to enact a war against uh i believe the dwarven kingdoms at the time Mm -hmm. and so they had come across a legend where these um these same items could be utilized to forge a an avatar that you know an avatar of war basically that they could utilize as a weapon and so they were also trying to acquire these items as well spicy um, and so that was the conflict. The The players were trying to find the weapon, the items. The uh, elven government was trying to also find these things. Um, the items were scattered across the world, and I had a lot of stuff planned. I ended up having to, like, step down from that campaign, and I handed off the story to a uh, to one of the players at the time to kind of continue, because I got really burned out. And that's going to be a story mm-hmm. for another day, um, because <laughs> that was a toxic player um, that caused that. Um, but suffice it to say, that was the, the gist of the story. Ultimately, um, we ended up finishing out the campaign somewhat, uh, we had kind of an abridged version of, of what mm-hmm. ended up happening there. Cause it only lasted for maybe another, like, you know, five weeks or something, six weeks after that. And I had a way more planned. So, um, so from there, the, the story ended, one of the players sacrificed themselves to, to reseal the, the curse and the statue is there in that town to this day. Ah. Uh. Um, so, 
that's all. So you're telling me when we finish this campaign, we can have a session where I go to that statue? Yeah. That's wild. In fact, uh, one of the character, one of the player characters from that campaign, is still in the universe. That you guys, well, not you, but the other players, um, like went to his lair at one point. They just didn't. Huh. It. The more you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that one had, I think, one of my favorite uses of a lich. Well, not my favorite use, but that was the the campaign that I used, um, where the lich's phylactery was one of the items that they needed. Mm-hmm. So, like, I need to use this magic ritual to seal away the curse. Mm-hmm. Great. What do we need? Uh, we need uh, armor. We, we need the, the helmet, the greaves, the gauntlets, the, the breastplate, the, the, you know, the sword, the shield, the dagger. Uh, there's a cloak that goes with it, too, and an amulet. Great. Okay. Uh, where's the, the amulet? Oh, well, there's a legend that uh, when the hero passed away, that uh, the friends that he adventured with each, you know, took some of the items, and his friend Malakath took the the amulet with him. Bad news is that Malakath eventually turned himself into a lich, and the amulet is where he stored his soul, allegedly. That's wild. So the players had to steal a phylactery from a lich, which is no easy task. <laughs> no. Um, which is great, because the, the lich was obviously not cool with this. So he he was set up to become a, a fun recurring villain, where like you know every once in a while like something would, like you know just randomly he'd show up with a legion of undead to try and get his amulet back. Oh, give me back my rock! I need it to be undead. Return the slab. Something something diamond in the rough. <laughs> Return the slab. <laughs> yeah, so um, the downside is that the way that it like the way that I had that set up is I wanted to be like this like per- recurring threat that could like show up out of nowhere. And so like mm-hmm. have a healthy level of paranoia. What ultimately ended up happening once I stepped away from that campaign as the DM is that he really ultimately became more like Team Rocket, which is not what I wanted, but it, you know where it's like oh well you know we, we burned a, we burned his spell book twice and buried him like what else can he do and it's just like yeah i think that's really simplistic you know if you're like thinking like this is how we defeat a lich it's like you mean to tell me that this lich who is thousands of years old doesn't have multiple spell books backed up all over the world like i have a hard time believing that i have several hard times believing that gris has four spell books hidden in different places yeah wait what yeah, it's on my character sheet. I told you about it when I did it. Oh yeah. No, I don't remember this at all. But like even my necromancer, right? Um my necromancer mm-hmm. in um Tracy's campaign, which we haven't played in, in almost a year now, but um I as soon as I picked up the stone shape spell, I made a copy of my spell book with some off time that we had. I went to the graveyard, stone shaped the monument over my master's uh, grave, and stored my mm-hmm. spell, my extra spell book in the st- uh, in a recess in the um, in like basically the statue that's over my master's grave. That's wild. And then stone shaped it back together. Because in five e, fun fact: if you lose your spell book as a wizard in five e, you can keep all the spells that you have um, selected prepared. for that day, prepared for that day. And since I always have Stone Shape prepared because it's a key spell that I utilize, 
um, I'll always be able to retrieve my extra spell book. And even if I can't, I have Barbarian in the party. That's great. I was really proud of myself when I thought of, of putting it there. <laughs> Gris is boring. Gris has his spell books in mundane places. Like a safe deposit box? Yes. <laughs> the expensive one is in a safe deposit box. <laughs> well, don't you walk around with the one that literally has a silver cover? That's not the expensive one. What's the expensive one? It's got jewels on it. Wait, what? How do I not remember this? I don't know. I guess it's just never come up. I don't know. As a DM, I don't really go after wizard spellbooks all that often. I, I I think it's kind of unsporting. Please don't take this spellbook away from me. <laughs> what, the silver one? The infinite one? Yeah, I, I want to keep that. I mean, it's a good item. It's infinite. It is. Well, on the upside, it may not matter too much depending if you come back to life or not. That's true. <laughs> when you die, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and, and people die when they <laughs> people die when they get killed. Allegedly. So... <laughs> oh man. Um. So, any plans to introduce uh, intelligent items into your campaigns? Uh, I mean, now there are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gotta be honest, I I kind of regret not doing anything like that for the current campaign. Uh, that's okay, there's always next campaign. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't thinking about it already. <laughs> um, I'm reminded of a, of a fun post too, right? Where, um, where, uh, Somebody had mentioned that, like, oh, my, uh, they, like, talked about with their DM, and they basically got their, their player character to get okayed to be a, a sword that possessed a, a peasant, basically. So their PC oh, was, Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you remember that, right? I think, I think yeah. you shared it. Um, that was a good one. That would be a really fun character design. Um, in fact, it reminds me of one of John's characters for Star Wars. Eh? Uh, yeah, so... A number, uh, a number of years ago, John played a uh, played in a Sagas Edition campaign with uh, Bobby and a bunch of other people at GXZ, and they were like a power game e kind of group. Uh, the the mm -hmm. DM was not very effective, and they definitely weren't very uh, very careful because they okayed a lot of stuff at character creation that I would not have allowed. Um, not the least of which being that he okayed for John's character to be a a Sith spirit within a holocron. That was possessing oh, that's a, a mistake. That's that's so many mistakes. Oh yeah, this is terrible. So it was a Sith that was possessing this poor Wookiee, um, and yeah, like that was his character. And I remember that um, that campaign ended when they took a a small, they, they took what was ostensibly a small disagreement over who would execute the hut um, that they were looking for. No, actually, no, I take it back. It wasn't even like that. I think it was a small disagreement over who would fly the ship to go find the hut and execute them. Just who would fly the ship. And the, the party escalated that small disagreement into a total party wipe. I don't understand. <laughs> well, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should get a, like, John in here to tell that story. Or maybe I should just share it now. <laughs> I would love to have John and or Bob on this show. I, I think they would enjoy that. 
Maybe we can get them both. That could be a thing. I'll I'll have to reach out and see if they're if they're up to it. I saw John not just the the other day, so um, so, you know, I saw that as job. So, but yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's nice that that you know, people are working. <laughs> I, it's nice that you saw him. Yeah, it's true. It's also true. Is he still at the grocery store? Um, I'm going to neither confirm nor deny that in a uh, recorded format. I mean, who knows what grocery store I'm talking about? <laughs> um, I, I do not think he's changed his job in a number of years, so. Okay. But, uh, but uh, I, I'm aware that he's doing pretty good okay, so. Good. But yeah, um, <laughs> I'll see if maybe I can get them on. I think that would be really fun. Um, but yeah, that 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 was a complete clown show. Yeah, you can be a cis spirit. That's fine. There's no problems with that at all. Yeah, I will say that if um we do get them on, they recount the story of that campaign. I'm gonna have to like NSFW that whole thing because, <sighs> yeah, it's not family friendly. It rarely is. That's true. So, <laughs> so with that, um, I think we're, we're, uh, we'll go and wrap it up then for the evening. Uh, any closing thoughts, man? Um, the S word is a slur that nobody should use. Wise words. In fact, don't use slurs in general. They're, they're, they're poor use of your time. Um, overall. <laughs> for legal reasons i have to agree with that statement <laughs> lord of mercy all right everybody well thank you so much for joining us tonight uh you know once again uh for our fun little discussion in a dd podcast if you like what we do uh please uh you know share us uh rate us online we do appreciate that sort of thing it really helps out the show um you can follow us online um, on twitter at tiafa podcast um you can also follow me at vlad Viver. you can catch marvin at taiugetsu um links of course to that will be in the episode description per the norm so um with that uh you can always catch the new episodes uh we're uploading those uh generally on saturdays um unless i forget to publish for whatever reason so um thank you so much for joining us tonight and uh have a good one have a good one everybody